Did you ever feel like Hamlet here as though the world was out of order, that time is not right, and that it would be up to you to fix it? Well, I had a lot of help. Please, please comprehend that. I went to places to learn. Mainly, you know, I'd go to, like, port authorities, at port of entries at states. And I would go in there for five or six hours and just have conversations about a manifest. And once I realized, and other things, of course, and once I realized that it was just a big shipping war, I then had to go in and study the history and the stories behind how this came to be as far as this big shipping monopoly that we got placed into. And in 1999, I realized they could no longer use the birth certificate as a manifest anymore for anyone because everybody at that point was dead on contract. And there were actually, nobody had the right to move contract. So it was a very fascinating journey. I was, you know, learning at a tremendous pace back then. And I had my, my, my head down and I was uh, not doing a lot of talking and the world was doing, busy doing a lot of mocking and uh, they were mocking me and I was learning. Some of us think for you the time, this is what we think, that the time was when you got that green card back in the mail with the label on it and you realize, like we were like, walk us through that. Did you, did you realize at that moment you're like, find me a blue pen, I'm Postmaster General. Once I autograph no, this. No, no, I didn't realize. I didn't even know that, that I didn't figure out on that label move till later on when I was involved in a court case. So that, I didn't figure that out for for you, I mean, you got to comprehend. I was, I was finding out what I didn't know. You guys think that I just automatically knew that I had a, uh, you know, I was a, I was a, I was a postmaster general. This and that. I, I, I did not know those things. The protocols that I had come through, the training at the United States Postal Office itself uh, from John Gray, um, he. You know, he let a lot of secrets out of the bag with me as far as everything being shipping, everything be you know, and I was figuring those things out. But uh, in 1996, I was in the middle of a courtroom, uh, and I had a judge come off the bench, Judge Donald Paul, and I've told this story many times. And Hall said this to me. He says, you know, Ross, Don said, think of it, what you're trying to do is you are in a rowboat dinghy, and he used the word dinghy, all by yourself. He said, and you're, you're butt-ass naked, and you're going to have to figure out how to eat. You're going to figure out, you're going to have to figure out the, the commercial tools that you're going to have to, you're going to have to figure that out. He says, and you're in for a lonely ride. And I, and I looked at Don, I was like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a sailor on the sea, huh? Huh. Well, I've got to be able to get off the sea, so I've got to have one foot on the land. And so that's when I figured out about, started going into all the Merlty laws and commercial codes and bailments. And all. I mean, it was, a, it was a lot to figure out. It started to rack up quite a bit of experience in the courtroom to where the judges were, you know, they, they looked at me as a big game, right? And so they trained me on all kinds of crazy stuff, stuff that I don't tell the general public, right? Just on how to conduct yourself as a, the skill sets as a judge, breaking down the condition of mind, looking at syntax, order of operation, of changing words. They're, you know, at, at, when you're, when you're uh, you know, a star chamber judge such as myself, and I mean chamber as a room, not a tomb, 
uh, and I had to go through that just to get into Star Chambers uh, with federal judges, right? So, because uh, I had to define what a chamber was. It wasn't a tomb. I had a claim of the life. I'll be speaking to myself since none of you exist, you know. I had to go through all the gambit of uh, uh, being the only consciousness in the room. So it was pretty cool uh, once you realized that you, you know, that I had to change. When, and then when I really got even more deeper into it, when I started studying uh, quantum cryptographies and quantum entanglements on just the smallest of, of matter to the, the, to the uh, micro to the macro and, and, and just looking at the, the physics of, of the science of commercial tools and commercial ventures and the molecular structure of matter, uh, yeah, it, I went into a deep dive. I was, a, you know, somebody would say a geek, a loner. I don't know what you would call it. But, you know, I spent a lot of time by myself, a lot of time studying. And I, re I realized that it could be used for the world in a way that people could actually have fairness and control their own life. Because once I realized that I was controlling my space and I started controlling my space, I was like, hey, the, uh, Joe Blow could do it if they had the same knowledge or if they had the same, you know, the same rights. And so th at that point, I started looking at restructuring constitutions. Oh you in like years wise because 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 my uh, question uh, was, was, you knew that the election wasn't going to happen yeah and I, was, I was young and so you were on the right path so where are you now at this timeline what you're talking uh, about oh, oh i was you know but by that time that's 2005 i'd already taken over the world court at the hague the international bank of settlements international court of arbitration international chamber of commerce world bank imf uh nato Pentagon. I mean, I'd already been through the. I mean, I was in the wars back then, and all the agencies were on me. So I'd like I had everybody that was conducted. So the United States government paid twenty-seven million dollars a year for agencies and vice squads to get come in and out of my life, and so I have a big background. You know, did I? I knew that I was changing the world, but I didn't realize. I didn't know until the year two thousand and ten that the United States government paid $27 million a year for vice squads to come in and out of my life. Now, I, I ran into a lot of fumbling, bumbling idiots, and they, they dispossessed me and caused me a lot of physical harm in the courtrooms because I didn't have assets behind me because they went behind the scenes and stole things. I know I'm jumping all around here, but I'm just kind of giving you guys a background. You wanted to drive into a deep dive on that. So, you know, for me, I haven't really seen anything really worth going to as far as to put on a performance. But I'm hoping that something will pop up as far as, you know, we'll find out where some of these bad guys are and then, and then stop in the door. But they all know me. You guys have to comprehend. I'm not a secret. Not to the agencies, not to the people, to the people that run the world. I'm a secret to you guys. When did I know I took over the world? I, I, I knew long ago. And I really knew when I walked into a business meeting uh, at Sands Casino and uh, with a bunch of uh, Navy generals and Army generals and as soon as I was identified all the generals jumped to their feet and all the JAG officers and all the attorneys had to jump to their feet afterwards and everybody was like turn hut fucking all them generals were fucking down a full-fledged attention to me so I knew I had them then but the problem was I was running around with a bunch of Jesuits a bunch of bad guys scientists because I you guys comprehend I am a science phenomenon in the lab I'm a very different guy and the bad guys that are the metals cartels for the different families, uh, they have interacted in my labs with me. They have been, they, we have sat down and had huge scientific talks.
uh, fascinating talks um, molecular structure and dimensional uh, expansion so I guess what you call it but uh, yeah uh, when did I know oh hell a long time ago but you guys kind of comprehend that I've been in the fight for a long time and and the world's just now waking up to, that it actually cares about its rights and if the, unfortunately the world is so beat up right now morally and ethically that it's such division, such jealousy, such hatred. I even hate to even step on a podcast. You guys saw what happened last time I jumped on a podcast. I get jumped, right? So I don't like to do that anymore. I did, I, I'm not really interested in doing podcasts. You know, the world probably wants to see that. But, I, you know, I do my Patreon calls, and this is about as close as I get. I'm very thankful for you guys, and I'm, very, I'm happy to answer your questions and, you know, take us a little bit different direction. You guys get to know me a little bit better than what the general public would know me, know me on. And maybe you can spread the word in your local communities about me. Uh, my local community definitely <laughs> knows about me over here. And, uh, you know, half of them are scared shitless. So it is what it is. Uh, but the world does not have to be broke. And the world does not have to, you know, be on universal income. And we do not have to be slaves to money. But, at the same token, you have to be accountable to yourself. 